On this week's episode, Pastor Jose is with us, and he's going to explain why he went back to school and why we're celebrating him graduating from school again. We're also going to talk about some of the mental health needs in our area and what we would have put on our graduation cap if we were graduating again today. All this and more on today's episode of Goodwill Talk. Jess, if there was one religion outside of our faith, of course, if there's one religion that you could learn more about, what would it be? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's Mormonism. Mormonism? Mormonism. Yeah. Is this, you, you guys are, we were nerding out so hard right before we started recording. Yeah. Yeah. Now we don't know how to be normal people anymore. We don't. It's, <laughs> this episode's going to be a train wreck, but that's okay. We're going to, we're just going to enjoy it. Speaking of train wrecks, well, Aaron and I watched The Fugitive. Uh, the other day for the very first time for her. I'd seen it. She'd never seen it. Okay. Great movie. Anyway, if there's one religion that you would want to know more information about, what would it be? Well, I said for me, like, it would probably be the Jehovah's Witnesses Jehovah's because Witnesses. they are my mission. Like, they are in my mission field, like okay. in my local community. Yeah. So, because we were joking about a show that you were saying was like Mormon theology put to sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's that, great. Yeah. And we're that, not going to name drop the show because people will judge me and I'm not, I'm not here to be judged, <laughs> but that's okay. But I was like, you know, I, I don't need to know more about Mormons because they're not in my mission fields. I grew up in an area of Arizona where the Mormon population was as large as the Christian population. It was massive. It was the, um, until recently it had one of the largest concentrations of Mormons in the entire country. And so, yeah. And so, Hmm. and a lot of its proximity to Utah. Um, but there was this little town, especially called St. David, which was just like 90% Mormon. It was, it was, massive and the amount of times that mormons tried to convert me to mormonism so do they knock on the doors like the jehovah's witnesses do they don't but they enter they're really nice people and so you end up making friends who are mormons and then the this basically relationship evangelism that we do they Mm do exact same thing um but then they get hard press and it's uh yeah it's intense so I learned a lot about Mormon theology. So I, I was know. able to recognize it <laughs> in, in this show. particular TV show. Um, Jose, if there's one religion you could learn more about, what would it be? Um, I would say probably um, Muslim. Yeah, that would be mine too. Yeah, um, only because of the rapid growth equal to Christianity almost and... And just the unwinding of where Jesus fits in their mm. belief. Yeah, you know, because he's there right. in Islam. He's, his name is Isa in Islam. And um, although there are many Christian scholars who would say that the Isa of, of, of Islam right. and the Jesus of Christianity bears similarities, but they're not the same. So mm-hmm. untangling all that is, right. yeah. I'd agree. I think it would be Islam for me as well, but that's be, especially because of the, the mission side of what I do. Right. Um, you know, a lot of what we do is reaching unreached people groups. Most of those unreached people groups are Muslim. And right, so, right. Um, you know, especially there's there's a couple of people groups or actually it's one people group spread out over a couple different countries right. that we're like, we want to focus on them. They're Muslim. So I just I, I need to know more about Islam mm-hmm. because I've as long as I've been doing this kind of mission work, I just don't understand Muslim theology very well. I've never read the Quran through. This is something I need to do at some point. Just read the Quran, get a get a feel. Of, I've read the Book of Mormon, mm-hmm. as of where I was, um, 
but I've never read the Quran that way. So that's, yeah, Islam would be mine. I think, I think there's space at Goodwill down the road for doing some classes on the faiths that are around us so that we can become more conversant with our neighbors. Well, like even just kind of like hitting the high points of knowing like where do we differ? Because they do such a thorough job of telling us that we all believe the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, understanding we that we do, right. We, we have a lot more differences and yeah. similarities and kind of knowing where to go when they're trying to bring you along the, well, we agree. We believe the same thing. No, no, we don't. Didn't uh, Pastor John do an apologetics cafe on this? He, I like, feel like he did ago? a long did, time yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to. Well, he covered all our local right. religions that are here in the Hudson Valley. All of them? Because there's a lot of little cults dotted yeah, around no, the Hudson Valley. But but the major ones, you know, yeah. Jehovah Witness. Yeah. Um, there's a couple um, in the um, Deer Park area by mm. Port Jervis. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. Mm-hmm. Red Dragon. You know, I never even heard, are there. Never the even heard of that. Yeah. What'd you say? Well, the Red Dragons is a um, is what the facility's called. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it's um, it's fun. Oh yeah, Falun Gong. Yeah, yeah. So the um, that's the the ballets that you're seeing, China before communism, all of that. That right. comes from a particular religious group. So if okay. you if you see those advertisements around um, Epic Times, the right. the paper, yeah, that's uh, some people think it's a Christian paper. It's not. Has nothing to do with Christianity at all. It's a uh, it's Falun Gong. It's this. Um, I think it comes from uh, from a, a Chinese offshoot of Buddhism or something right. like that. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Very, Very popular around here. So, yeah. If you're sharing Epoch Times articles out there, you're sharing Falun Gong theology. Just Never a heads even up. heard yeah. of Epoch Times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some yeah. of our people have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we're going to go ahead and get to work because, as you guys have heard, Pastor Jose is here. So, uh, we're going to get there. All right, so Pastor Jose is not here just to tell us what his uh, religion would be that he'd want to, not what religion he'd be. Wow, I phrased that terribly. That, incorrect. That was not the right way to say that. No, which one he'd want to learn more about for missions right. purposes. Um, you went back to school. I did. Did I you did. have a backpack when you went back to school? No, no. It's, oh, man, it, I have a backpack when I go. They actually <laughs> gave them all out. They what? I, I did not have... You didn't have a backpack? No, I did not. Did oh. you actually have to like go to class or was this like a virtual login or was no. it self-paced? I went to class. It's um, It started in September, ended in June. It was Tuesday night, Thursday night, and every other Saturday. That's a lot of class. 350 hours. Bro. Oof. Yeah. That sounds And brutal. you didn't take a backpack with you. I did not. I would have had a backpack. I have a backpack. It's great. It's my travel backpack. Yeah. And that's what I take to school with me when I go to Arrow. That's pretty so. cute. I saw a thing recently. It has nothing to it's do not with cute. this. But it's what about a backpack. It's a nice backpack. That cute. like the seniors in this one school, like the trend is to get like your kindergarten backpack or something like that would be a kindergarten backpack and use that <laughs> your senior year as a little like wing to like how far I've come. And it was so cute. I thought that was so nice. Oh man, that's just another great question. So, what would your what would your backpack be? I don't remember what I had in kindergarten. It probably would have been something like um Rainbow Bright. Oh, or the Care yeah, Bears yeah, yeah. or a Cabbage Patch, something along Lisa those lines. Frank. Was Lisa Frank a big deal when you were? Not when I was in elementary school. Oh, okay, I don't remember right. Lisa Frank until I was more like gotcha. middle school, gotcha. high school. 
I don't really know when mine she came would have out. Been, but... Mine would have been Ninja Turtles, hands down. Ninja Turtles. <laughs> hands down Ninja Turtles. Wow. Raphael, still one of my favorite characters in all of like cartoon comic world. Yeah. Wow. What about you? I think mine would have been Speed Racer. Speed Racer. Mm. Yeah. I'm dating myself. Not a little bit, but that's, that's okay. okay. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. We were at, um, we were all at lunch together a long, a, a while ago now, um, celebrating John's 25th and before they went on vacation. He's been on vacation for a little while now. Um, and uh, John helpfully told Jose that Jose was old enough to be my father. <laughs> and uh, he's not wrong. Still, it's not kind no. to say. Yeah, Jose really enjoyed that. Well, he said it was a year off. A year off? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yes. Um, so you went back to school, but not like you weren't like studying chemistry. Like, what were you doing? Right. So when I decided to go to seminary, the thing that I was wrestling with was whether I was going to get my um, alcohol and drug counseling credentialing for New York State. And after a conversation with Pastor John, is the decision to go to seminary is where it got solidified. And, and I got my MDiv, um, got ordained, been serving here. And then part of the serving is, you know, how can I um, provide better care for the congregation? Mm-hmm. And last year I went on, on a sabbatical, and during that time God reminded me of this desire which always been there. And, um, and back in September I made a decision to say, you know what, it's, I need to get this credentialing because my hope is within the next few years to be able to um, build a counseling center. Okay. Yeah. You want to build a full-blown counseling center. Yeah, and in other words, it's if I have these next 10 years of ministry, it's really about leaving something that's going to benefit the community and beyond. And um, so again, it's, it's something that was birthed out of seminary, near the end of my seminary um, career. And, and again, ministry just became busy but it's always been something that's been in the back of my mind of, you know, how do we get this up and going? Yeah. So, so, so when you think of a counseling center, are you, and now you've, so, well, let's, let's, before we get to the counseling center, you did this schooling September through June. So, I mean, right. 350 hours. That's, okay. an, I didn't realize it was that much. That's crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> 350 hours. Um, are you now, you're credentialed by New York state? No, so right now I can serve in any New York State facility, and my application is in New York State. I'm waiting for it to be sent back to me, and, and that they will issue me my, my number, mm -hmm. and then I take that number and set up to take a New York State exam, Okay, which then I'll be credentialed, and then I have to... Um, work 2,000 hours, and at that time, I would be fully credentialed. And the credentialing is in what exactly? Um, alcohol and substance abuse. Yeah, so, so pretty much my credentialing gives me the ability to do intake, assessments, diagnose, 
um, the full treatment program of what an individual would need. Wow. Yeah. So you're all done with school, but now you need to take a test and then you need to like intern for 2000 hours. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So pretty much the requirement is 6,000 hours, three years of full-time work in the field before you're a full um, KSAC. But due to my master's, my hope is that, and once they review it, that 4,000 hours would be allocated towards my time. Wow. Okay. So when you are, um, you're going through this, you've got the the 2,000 hours you have to fulfill. Is that going to be done here at Goodwill? Are you going to be working in other organizations? Like what's your, how are you going to try to fulfill that? So I have to um, work in an Oasis approved facility. Okay. And most likely what's going to have to work is a per diem kind of position because I need flexibility. Right. And, um, and, and then be able to get the training. And part of the training is also the supervision that's provided. And, and it's really a hands-on training. And, and then at the end of that, I'll be able to submit everything and, and then I'll be what they considered a full case act credentialed individual. And later on I can go for more education and, um, get what they call an advance. But really for what I need, I don't think I would go beyond this. So, so you're moving from, you're going to be credentialed to do alcohol and drug counseling, um, drug addiction counseling, but you're talking also full counseling center. So connect the dots for me going from the training that you've got. Why did you pursue this so that you could open the center? Like why, why is this helpful for you to be able to do that? Right. So throughout my time of ministry, pastoral ministry, I've always identified the need for ongoing care. And anytime that I would meet with an individual and I would refer them, it's either a, a lengthy period of finding somebody to refer them to, or we would have to refer them out of state because um, there wasn't good qualified individuals to provide care. I hate to say that, but that's the reality of where we are. And, um, and, and there's this misconception that when people are looking for counselors, they emphasize, I want a Christian counselor, right? And, and really, when I look at counseling, I need somebody that is um, qualified. Not so much, if they're Christian, great, but I really need somebody that can provide good mental health care and somebody that respects somebody's beliefs, mm-hmm. not the other way around. You know, I think, I think this is a helpful paradigm for people when they're when they're thinking through this because i hear that a lot too i want a christian counselor it's like okay i get the desire but are you also demanding a christian general practitioner mm-hmm. to you know or a christian a christian cardiologist or a christian exactly we, we want to reframe mental health around hey this is health right. you're going to the doctor you're getting your you're getting your emotions checked out you're getting mental health checked out you need somebody who's an expert in that. Right. So when I go to the dentist, I'm not asking um, f- to see both their dental school credentials and their church membership form. Right. I just want to know that when they get into my mouth, 
they know what they're looking at. They know what they're doing. Right. Mental health is very similar in this. Exactly. The counseling center that you're looking to launch, is it not going to be an explicitly Christian center? Like, how are you... What's your dream for this? Right. So what God led me to is um, to be able to reach other churches similar in size to Goodwill Church within the Hudson Valley region. Um communicate to the leadership in reference of presenting a business plan and then asking them if they would consider um, putting us in the budget of their um, financial um, planning. And then if I identify five churches, and I believe I also want to include a synagogue into this, um, and and here's the thing, right? It's, I, I need the facility, I believe, to be part of Goodwill Church, but not connected in its branding, mm. right? And, and, and then those churches and synagogue would have the opportunity to provide an individual to create a board of directors. And, and then those funds would be able to supplement what the individual would be able to pay along with insurance because one of the key things that I believe we tend to minimize is the lack of supporting the counselor financially. Mm. We're always looking to, hey, so can we do it on a, on a, on a sliding scale, on a this and that? And the one who, who always suffers is the counselor, mm -hmm. which means we will always be replacing our counselors because they're going to be looking for a place that would be able to provide financially for them. And when I look at the center, I look at a center that can provide marriage counseling, adolescent counseling, um, counseling that has to do with addiction, counseling that um, will deal with issues of um, our vets coming home, postpartum depression. You know, so I'm looking at a full rounded counseling center, even where there's a psychologist or a psychiatrist on the staff, right? So it's really in reference of providing care holistically, right? And, and, and again, and, and my degree just helps to talk to one aspect of it. But in the end, I don't want to be the director of it. I don't want to run it, even though I might have to be the face at first to get it up and going. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it's, it's a tool for me to do my job as a pastor better and care for the congregation. So when we are kind of um, destigmatizing needing counseling, needing mental health counseling, that kind of thing, um, you know, one of the things that I'll, I'm happy to share, I'm, I've been free sharing. Uh, in 2021, I went through about 10 sessions of, of therapy. Mm -hmm. um, and we've, we've told the story bits and pieces here and there, but 2020 was brutal. Really, 2019 into 2020, because of a tragedy that happened in the congregation that I wasn't close to initially, but then became very close to and was very involved with for about a year and a half. Um, really, I needed, some, <laughs> I needed some help. I was a mess. Yeah. Um, ten, those 10 months of counseling were really helpful for me. Um, but the challenge was... It was um, virtual counseling. It was telehealth, right? Which isn't necessarily bad, but it is better to be able to sit in person with somebody and do this. Um, where do you imagine this center being? And you know, where where do you think we would create? Are you 
you looking to build on the Goodwill campus? Are you thinking there's facility nearby that you'd want to think about the church purchasing? Like, what's your thoughts when you're talking about doing it locally? Um, so my thought is Montgomery, because it's more centralized, in reference of when I look at Orange County, people will be able to get to Montgomery pretty easy. I think financially, because of what things cost, um, I see part of the Goodwill property on where the Lindsay Pullman Chapel mm-hmm. is located, our, our former, um, what we would call the CE building that has to be remodeled and, and refurbished. And, but again, it, it's, I know that that then puts it in close proximate, proximity to the Goodwill Church branding, right? So, so again, it's, and, and again, I'm, I'm still working out those details because I'm unsure whether we should be either for-profit, non-for-profit, what benefits um, the counseling center and the individuals. But again, it's my hope is within the next three to five years really to have it cemented in the fabric of Orange County. And, and I know that in having this, we're only going to be really scratching the surface because mental health is something that is really, everybody's in need of mental health at mm-hmm. one point or another. And, you know, it's, and, it, and I believe it should be part of our yearly physical that we just connect with a mental health provider. Just, hey, so where are you? Yeah, you know, and, and be able to connect in that way. And, and again, and there is that stigma, right, in reference of, well, mental health is something other than your physical health. No, it's all part of the whole thing, right, because we're holistic. And, um, and, and again, it, and, and people, especially coming out of COVID, um, the mental health crisis is only going to explode. In other words, we haven't seen the, the output of that event yet. The, um, I've noticed this just in, in pastoring. I'm taking a lot more phone calls of people who just need to talk because they're having a mental health crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not always able to get a hold of the pastor. Right. So let's just real quick remind folks, um, because the, count- the counseling center isn't here yet. If you are going through some kind of a mental health crisis or you're struggling or, you know, you're always able to call the church. Right. But what's the other resource that you go to? Just walk people through. Someone, someone in your family is going through something. What do you do? Right. So the best place to call is either 311-911. And if you contact 311, you'll find a professional counselor on the other end of the line. They will assess where the individual is, and then they will provide all of the resources that are available in Orange County. And, and so again, it's, and that's available 24-7. Um, part of the 311 is also text for teen. So that number is given to our teens throughout um, one of the agencies that goes through all of the school districts in Orange County. And when they do their presentation, they give that number and because our kids are always texting on their devices, they, that is a, just a, a helpline that's available 
for our teens, and and they use it more than we can even imagine. Because mm. yeah. they don't want to make a phone call and talk to somebody. They, right. You know, like their preferred form of communication is texting. Right. Right. So again, it's so we're finding. You know, it, we're always um, looking forward in reference. What's the best way to communicate? But again, if anybody's in, you know, difficulty, or if if one of your loved ones is having a, a hard time, three one one is the best number to call for help. And then they will assess if they need a wellness check. They'll send out the police department to do a wellness check. If you need what they call um, mobile mental health to come out, they will come out. They'll do the assessment. And and again, it's it's something to take serious when you're in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jess, I'm curious for not just for your family, but kind of you know, in some ways on this show, you become the proxy for the congregation. Right. So um, <laughs> my family is the everyone's family. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't have to be. I'm just saying like it's it's it is, though. when when you're thinking through, you know, what we're saying, you know, make sure you're going and getting a mental health checkup every year, just like you would a physical or trying to destigmatize um, going to counseling, those kinds of things. What are some questions you think? Um, just from your own family situation or, or other congregants being like, yeah, but what about this? Or what about that? Or what are the, some of the roadblocks for people being able to, to seek this kind of help? I know for, in, specifically in my family, is that like just the finances of it. Like I have good insurance. The kids have good insurance. When you want to go to the counselor, it's $135 every single time. So, you know, when they want to see you, every week for a couple of weeks, you're like, oh, yeah. how do I budget for that? Yeah. <laughs> like, All right. Nobody's eating out. Don't even buy a soda at the deli. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Um, so I think the finances of it is a challenge. And then also I, in my family's recent situation is that, you know, my niece, you're looking to get her into something now. Right. Right. And, you know, my sister-in-law is making phone calls and they're like, well, we'll put her on the waiting list. And, you know, like hopefully in the next two or three months. And she's like, her, her dad just died. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She needs, she needs care. Yeah. Now. And, and that's the thing, like the waiting list is insane. And that's something yeah. that we've run into in our own family, um, you know, and, and wanting to get the kids checked on and that kind of thing. I, I just want to put this out there. You need to get your kids checked into someone. Yeah. Um, well, COVID, as you mentioned, messed so many people and our kids got really hurt mm -hmm. by the pandemic, by the lockdowns, by the fear the fear of I don't know what's going to happen, and their people on the news are there. The death toll was just constantly there, which meant a constant brush with mortality for our kids that they're not right. used to. You got to get them help. But there are these concerns. There's waiting lists. There's financial well, well, realities. Well, here's a way around that, right? In other words, it what we don't know a lot of times that within all of the school districts, right? They're usually a psychologist, yeah. right? That's available. The thing is that we don't utilize them because we don't know they're there. The only thing we know is there's a guidance counselor there, right? But because of the needs, the schools have been hiring professionals to provide mental care, yeah. right? So it's really about accessing it being able to ask the questions. And I mean, Goshen re recently was looking for an alcohol and drug counselor at their high school wow. right, that they were bringing on. And, and again, it's somebody that's going to provide that, that immediate care because usually when somebody gets identified as having a substance, 
they usually get suspended for two, three weeks, and it doesn't help the child. Right. right, right, because yeah. now the child is home, and guess what they get to do? My substance all the time, <laughs> whenever I want. Right, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. so again, it's um, it's they are addressing all these issues, and but the thing is, helps available. Yeah, but, but we don't. A lot of times, we don't know how to access it. And I would even say this, right, that if you're looking for information, you can call three. In other words, you don't need a crisis call three one one. Right. Right, you can call and say, you know, I'm looking for information, and they have all the resources available for you. Yeah, so yeah, and like you said, at the school, I know my my kids have seen the um, the school psychologist, right. and and I don't know the other student something something. Okay. Anyway, she's oh, got it's some like a student resource counselor. Yeah, but she's not. She is. She is also a psychologist, but she doesn't right. do like the school psychologist does those things, and like she is really just student care. Yeah. Right. She's like the the deacon of the, of the school <laughs> there district. You go, yeah, but well, my you know my kids have have both met with her. Right. So those those individuals usually function as almost a case manager. Yes. Right. So they connect you to all the other resources, mm-hmm. and they do the physical handoffs to the other services that are available. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that that um, we learned through my wife's work at uh, My Choice Crisis Pregnancy Center, the, Orange County has a ton of resources. Yeah. Um, if you know how to get to them. Right. And that is the, you know, for a lot of people, they don't know where to go. Right. 311 is huge. And like, this is just spoiler alert. If you call us looking for resources, one of the first things you're going to say is call 311. Right. Right. So this is just a quick way to bypass that first right. conversation to just call 311. Right. That's where the resources right. are. They'll be able to direct you to a yeah. lot of these places. And, and here's the thing, right? So, so I'm unique in the way that, in other words, I enjoy counseling. Right, and, and I enjoy spending that time with individuals and seeing them progress. But most pastors are really a, responsible right, for the spiritual well-being of an individual. Where are they in their walk with God? And really those meetings should just be maybe three encounters, three meetings, right? And then there should be a handoff because usually what happens by the third meeting is there's a level of comfortability and more in-depth stuff starts to come out. Really stuff that is beyond a pastor's training. Right. No question. Right. right. And you need and, a professional. So, so you need that, that other individual that can look at family of origin issues, can look at marriage relational issues, right? And in other words, we're only going to go so far, right? And... And again, and even in my training as of right now, it's I have strict parameters. In other words, I can talk about alcohol and drug and substances, but really once it gets beyond those parameters, right, it's I have a code of ethics that I need to uphold. Right. Right. And and a lot of times people will want more from you, but you really need to be able to set those boundaries, you know, and um well, and there's there's some things also where it's just skill set comes into play, right? Right. So as a what I've learned in my own pastoral skill set, I can do premarital, I can do marriage counseling pretty well. Um, I don't know how to work with kids. I'm not good working with kids. I've done <laughs> um, I've done initial conversations with kids, and referred after one. 
Like I can have an initial conversation. I, I'm able to identify a couple things that I know where to refer. Right. That's it. That's all I've got with kids. Um, and and there's certain areas of counseling where I'm just not as skilled. So if you're coming to me with relational problems, marriage problems, premarital, let's talk. I can give you a handful of sessions <laughs> on that. Right. But I can't. There's there's areas where I can't go where you're going to need help. Where we would benefit right. a lot from a counseling right. center where you have this variety of experts there right. in this to be able to do this, and and it will serve the county because of the things like the wait the the wait exactly. lists yeah. and um, there is going to be a challenge though and and this is just a reality of it. It is an expensive thing to get counseling because counselors have to get paid. Right. So you're what I, what excites me about what you're talking about. Bring in experts, make sure the experts are paid, and figure out a way to defray costs that doesn't require the counselor to say, I'll just take less. Right. And right. that's that's a sweet spot that's going to be hard to mm -hmm. figure out unless churches see mental health counseling as a real way to impact a community for the sake of the kingdom. Well, again, it's I believe that's where the partnership comes in, where we're asking their their memberships to identify an individuals to sit on a board of directors where they have input into the direction of the counseling center. So it's not just driven by Go Goodwill Church. Right. And, and, and then as individuals become in need of the counseling center, they have the confidence to say, go to this location. Yes. Right. And so again, it's not just the reliance on one individual or one gatekeeper of where they're going to refer. It's something that's built into the community of the congregation, the synagogue, you know, and again, it's for right now, I identify those um, churches or synagogue, but is it, is it the potential of going beyond that? Again, it's, I believe it's in reference to the care that's provided and being able to provide the best care at, at the best financial price, mm -hmm. and and not compromising, right? And and again, and and that's going to take time to figure out. There's a school of thought, and I, I want to hear you respond to this. There's a school of thought that would say, this is actually the church's responsibility to provide the full suite of like clinical counseling that that you shouldn't send people to a counselor, but that the church should be able to do this themselves. Right. How would you respond to that? So traditionally, um, years ago, you know, back, you know, when the formation of the church, it's, we were responsible for education. We were responsible for hospitalization. We were, were responsible for the care of the community. But I also believe that where we are today, the church for many years has surrendered all those responsibilities. And, and right now what we're doing is we're taking back part of what is our responsibility, but we're also allowing professionals who are equipped to deal because a lot of it is spiritual, right? But a lot of it is mental, chemical imbalances in our brain that is beyond our training as pastors. So as as pastors have we we are we are kind of the general practitioner. Right. Right. So we're able to look at the whole person and say, here's here's your checkup, right. how you're doing spiritually. And 
we're general practitioners that have an expertise in your relationship with Jesus. Right. But if you need a specialist, we're going to refer you to a right. specialist. Yes. Right. I don't and want you feeling filling my cavity. Right. No, you, you don't want <laughs> You're that. You're not my dentist. It'd be super bad. Right. And, and that's the, I think, some of the myths here too. Like, you don't expect the church to pay your bills for you, or at least you shouldn't. Right. That's your employer's right. job, right? Right. You don't expect us to 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 make sure that your car is running. We're not a group of. You go to other places for all kinds of other things. Don't be shocked when we send you somewhere else right. for this as well, right. because we we do have a lane, and that's something that one of the things Pastor Jose says to the rest of the pastors right. all the time: make sure you're staying in your lane. Make sure you're in your lane. Right. You know, it's okay to check in on this or that, but then stay in your lane. Refer them to somebody who's an expert. Right. You don't want me under the engine in your car. I will ruin your car. That is correct. You'll never drive again. Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's certain things that you need experts for. I'm excited about what this could look like. I know we're still right. we're still a few years out. Right. Um, but, you know, congratulations on uh, finishing school again. Well, again, it, it's that just enables me to now prepare and study for a test. <laughs> there you go. Not done yet. It's like well, seminary that, all over again. Hopefully that won't take 350 yeah. hours. Though. Oh my goodness. No, hopefully not. People yeah. get excited. Oh man, you finished your MDiv. You can be a pastor now. Yeah. It's like, actually all I can take the ordination exam now right. is what you're saying. That's no, the, I've just took the class to take the test. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Did you graduate? I did. I did, did you, did you get a cap and gown and all that? No, I chose not to. You chose not to? Yeah. Yeah. I chose not to. You could have had a really cool I cap and gown, but yeah, I, I have them already. So, so here's <laughs> here's how we're gonna end this. You should just worn your fancy robe, your yeah. black his black robe from when he got his ordained. Neo from the Matrix fancy. robe. Yeah, I yes. love that one. We call that his Matrix robe. Oh. Um, here's here's my question. Go ahead. All right, this is how we're gonna end. Super serious note. Super. Serious. When you graduate, is very popular to decorate your cap. Oh, and they're more reward. Jess. Yeah. How would you decorate your cap? Not how would how I, did you? I how would you now? That was not a thing when I, I didn't graduated. do it when I graduated. I, it either, just wasn't a thing. I don't think when I graduated. It was a thing when I did. I just didn't do. It. What would you put on your cap? Like as a forty-four-year-old mom and wife. Yeah. I don't know. I probably wouldn't even have time to get around to it. Oh come on! <laughs> you miraculously have an no. eighth day of the week. I'd probably just, leave, just leave it. And Natalie think, would put glitter all over oh, it. Oh, Natalie, Natalie, glitter. I think you would put chocolate chip cookies on it. Oh, my, that's good. That's good. That'd my be a mom's, good one. My mom's raisin cookies, maybe, or snickerdoodles. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. All right. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Actually, I can't say. Probably some sort of collage. When I was in college, oh. I used to, like, cut lots of things out of magazines and, like, the fronts of all my notebooks were, like, collage yeah. things. Yeah. I would probably do something like that. That's just, like, little, like, hints of pieces of who I am. Yeah. Which is funny. Yeah. Like now as an adult, I go back, I have like a treasure box, like a small mm. little uh, like filing box that all of my treasures are in. And I have some of those notebooks Yeah, and I look at it and I was like, you are such a silly little girl. That's kind of cool though. That'd be fun. But, all right. What would you put, what would you put on your cap? Um, my mom's well, chocolate chip cookies. He would have put on his. Uh, you know what? <laughs> he probably would. It's going to be dessert themed. Well, here's the thing, right? It's, <laughs> it's, when I graduated, that wasn't even on the radar. They hadn't even made caps back. No, I'm yeah, teasing. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> but, well, well, here's the thing, right? So when I graduate, right, it's like like today the kids don't zip up their gown. Yeah, that's right. Cr- what is that? Right. They, that's the messiest look. Zip they that wear, thing up. They wear shades, shorts, mm-hmm. right? And, Crazy talk. And back when that just didn't happen. 
Right. Right. And kids these days. So the idea of decorating your cap would have just not been part of my time. I know. But yeah, this mine, is, mine either. We didn't definitely when right, I was in high school. Right. I don't now, remember this anybody is an decorating. Imagination right, exercise, right. people. Wait, wait, wait. But but Pastor Marco said it was serious. If oh, we're right, doing it now, right, what would it be? Right. So if we were doing it now, right, it's I think it would have to be um, lobster mac and cheese. Oh. Yes. Yeah, we're back to that. I don't even up. like lobster, and I like lobster mac and cheese. I just don't eat the lobster you chunks. You don't like lo- Oh, come on. <laughs> it feels weird. Seriously? <laughs> Hold on. Just get regular mac and cheese, yes, Jess. just get mac it's and so cheese. It's so much cheaper. No, I Put don't... some Old Bay seasoning on that thing and call it lobster mac and cheese. I don't not like the flavor of the lobster. I just don't want to eat the lobster. But when we go to the restaurant and get it, it's like a little appetizer dish of it. So usually I just let Matt have all the chunks of lobster and I just eat some of the noodles. Hold on. So when you make mac and cheese, if you could buy, just at the house, if you could buy a bottle of like essence of lobster, would you put that in there so you didn't get the chunks, you just get the flavoring? No. You're... Lobster essence. That does not sound good. A whisper lobster, of lobster essence. It doesn't sound good. Just eat the lobster. It's lobster. It's incredible. Lobster's so good. I don't understand. For you it is. Just for you it is. You order lobster mac and cheese and you I don't, don't eat the lobster. Matt orders the lobster mac and cheese. And, you and steal I just from assist him, him yeah. in you the eating of the noodles. Food. I just make it low carb for him because I eat the no- some of the pasta. <laughs> <laughs> That's jacked up. All but right. it is good. It I don't even really know where good. to go from here. We should end the we should end the episode now. What a mess. Neither have I. I got to go down there and have this yeah, lobster mac and cheese. Go to Florida. I've I mean, I'm sure they have it in other places, before, but, but it's really no, good there. It's really good there. All right. I'll have to, I'll have to put and that the, on the list of things the to do. The ambiance is very good. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yes. Good ambiance? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Casual, low-key, I like a good ambiance. Yeah. 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 All right. Cool. You know, the cool um, local spot with good ambiance, good I'm, food, my nice backyard? and chill. Well, true, but I wasn't about to invite everybody to your backyard. Hudson Taco. I heard oh, about I've never been place. there. That's a good little spot on the on the Newburgh waterfront. I heard about big that fan. Place. Yeah. yeah, big fan. It's a good spot. I think Matt does the refrigeration. Tacos are like two fifty, three bucks a piece. Like they're, what? it's an expensive. Yeah. It's a, so go expecting to spend a little bit of money. It's a good date restaurant. Great date restaurant. So, cool. Yeah, put that out there. I'll just go to Taco Bell. Oh <laughs> no! Oh. oh. Uh, with that, that blasphemy, was we are going to go ahead and end this episode. This has been Season 16, Episode 4. Goodbye. Gross. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you like our show, please leave us a five-star rating, write a review, and be sure to tell your friends to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Check out our episode notes for links to our church website and any resources shared on this episode. Editing and sound design by Jeff DiMatti. Marcos Ortega wrote this episode. Our executive producers are Mike Antonucci and Jeff DiMatti. Your co-hosts are Pastor Marcos Ortega and Jessica Kilduff. A special thanks to Goodwill Church for supporting this show so we may provide it to you, our listeners, for free. Let's talk again next week. 